That is a sticky song and now a sticky image I'm trying to get out of my head. (laughs) Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bible Geeks Weekly Podcast. This is episode 158. I'm Brian Sheely. I'm Ryan Choi. And thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. We are in session five in our What's Good guided study. We've been going all the way back to Philippians chapter four, verse eight, thinking about some of the best things. And this week, we're talking about singing. I love singing. If everyone knows me, I'm sure they even saw that embarrassing video not too long ago, but been singing for a real long time. I know somebody around here, maybe nearing his birthday, is allowed to sing falsetto for a little while. <laughs> yes, I, I'm, that's that's the rule. If I start singing falsetto during the rest of the year, my wife says NYB, dude, <laughs> which means not your birthday. Oh, so man. on my birthday, I got to bust out all the Chicago and uh, <laughs> BGs or whatever. It is it is really a sacrifice for a, a happy life, happy wife kind of situation when you uh, choose it is. It, not to sing falsetto it, for yeah. sure. In the long run, but man, that's that's one of the bigger sacrifices. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thinking about that, we had a conversation starter not too long ago to kick off this conversation, and that episode was called Bursting Into Song. This is what's good. Bursting Into Song. I like musicals, but some people really, really don't. America's founders bursting into song in a tavern gang members dancing through a knife fight? And let's not even start on those people dressed up like cats. It's all too much. We can debate the virtues of Broadway shows, but scripture leaves no doubt about the value of singing. In songs of victory, lament, and praise, the saints of old opened their hearts and participated in God's gift of singing. So here's the big idea. Singing expresses what's inside us, what we believe, feel, and decide. God's grace brings out grateful praise as we sing with our spirit and our mind. Singing is a heavenly art we get to practice on earth. It can make joyful worship a habit. So God says, is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise, James 5 verse 13. But our songs also express our sorrow and help us find hope in the night like Paul and Silas singing in prison or Jesus before heading to Gethsemane. Melody and harmony can lift or comfort us, but in scripture, the purposes of singing come from the words. We learn them by heart and their messages become portable guiding wisdom. When we sing, if we mean it, we take a stand for truths we believe in, like it is well with my soul. We make and renew commitments like, I'm not ashamed to own my Lord. We can even discover deeply held longings as we sing of our hope our need for mercy, and our desire for God's presence. But our songs also challenge, teach, and support one another. It's great to hear one person teaching, but you know what's better? Singing together with one voice, Romans 15, verse 6. It's a uniting bond, and when we sing together, we need to hear each other and heed the teaching. So here's the big question. How have psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs impacted your life? So follow along with this guided study at biblegeeks.fm slash good, and may the Lord bless you and keep you today. Shalom. All right, so here in this big idea, we were talking about how singing expresses what's inside us, what we feel, believe, and decide. And I think singing is one of those activities 
that sort of bridges the gap between our left brain and our right brain. When we talk about singing, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 15 obviously tells us that we're to sing with the spirit and the mind also, sort of engaging both parts of what's going on inside of us. And so, like we were talking about there in this conversation starter, I think there's a lot of times where songs really express what's going on in our life. Like if we're going through a sad time, a sad song might really sort of emphasize or help us in that time. You know, a happy time might be a time for upbeat songs and even a song that might change our mood and express some deep desire that we have. It's really something I don't know that we even need to talk about or explain to people because I think we've all been there. Like we've all known how a song just kind of comes out of us and and really just resonates with whatever's going on inside. That word resonate feels right. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. there's something that's that's just echoing perfectly within you. And uh, the big question was how have psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs impacted your life? And it is easy to overlook how instrumental hymns have been. I just realized <laughs> that's a pun. I didn't even mean to put that in there. <laughs> how instrumental the hymns have been in shaping our hearts, how important they've been in shaping us. These songs are so deeply ingrained. I sometimes don't even realize they're playing in my head for long periods. Have you ever ha had that happen? You're just like, oh, I've been thinking about this all day. And they're not just ingrained in the mind. They have that way, like you said, they resonate in our heart in a way that sneaks up on us. So I was thinking about this the other day. Among the many signs that I'm becoming an old man, there's the achy knees, the bad jokes and all that. But what I never <laughs> saw coming is crying at hymns. It seems oh, like such an old man thing. And I never used to tear up. I, I used to not be able to tear up, which my wife didn't really enjoy. She she likes it when when a when a man gets gets going with some tears. But I just never understood what was going on with people who would get choked up every time you sing your favorite song. Mm -hmm. But now it happens to me all the time. <laughs> and these <laughs> I it'll happen, you know, in on Sunday. It'll happen when I'm just like in the shower listening to a hymn or sure. whatever. Just like it just sneaks up on you. And these songs and their lyrics have been our companions through this journey that has led us to a different set of affections that we've learned to love different things, to long for different things, to think about different things through the years as these songs have come with us and, and ingrained into us truths in a way that, you know, a sermon just doesn't quite reach, <laughs> though those do a lot sure, of good sure. work too. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool to think about that as like a companion, that it's there. It's just sort of in the back of your mind, instructing you, teaching you as you sort of roll these things over in your thought process throughout the day. And maybe that leads us into our icebreaker question here, because the icebreaker question for this week is what song always gets stuck in your head? And sort of that like constant companion that like stays a little bit too long <laughs> over at your house. Sometimes songs just don't know when to go home. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. There's always songs going in our house. Just a few minutes ago before I came upstairs, my daughter was doing the Russian ballet with a dude just doing, oh, yeah. the, the, oh, doing yeah. the song. And now that's stuck in my head. Okay. It just seems like a song is playing in my head every moment of the day. And usually just whatever I last heard. But sometimes I've noticed lately 
that it just comes back to a comment that somebody made that sure. has nothing to do with the song, but there's just a lyric in it. Anyway, I guess if I had to pick one, it would probably be this hymn, My Only Hope Is You. That's my uh, my 12 o'clock alarm, and it just sticks with me the rest of the day nice. whenever you, you hear that, and it's it just kind of becomes a constant companion, comes a, a theme song throughout the day. What about you? What what gets stuck in your head? Honestly, I wish I could say that my first thought was a, was a hymn, but uh, around this time of year, I can honestly say in the last three days, I remember very specifically exactly where I was when I heard this song three times. And it's Brenda Lee's <laughs> Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. It is the oh, one yeah. song yeah. that's just been following me everywhere. And uh, I heard it this morning, in fact, while I was sitting in my underwear at the dermatologist waiting for him to come in. <laughs> it's like, this seems to be a very uh, vulnerable time for me right now. And then Brenda <laughs> Lee shows up <laughs> like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is a sticky song and now a sticky image I'm trying to get out of my head. <laughs> Well, let's roll right through then uh, to our first segment here on the episode, and that is Like the Teacher. So we're going to go to somewhere where we see Jesus focused on songs, and maybe one of the better places to think about Jesus and singing hymns is Mark 14, during a very difficult time in his life, actually. Yeah, this is right before Jesus' betrayal, and it says in verse 26, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So simple verse, but this is an example of our great teacher, Jesus. He sang with people. And what do you take from that example? I remember this verse actually quite a lot uh, growing up because there was a time, I don't know if you remember, there was a time when we started, instead of closing our worship service with a prayer at Monta Vista, there was a time where we started closing it with a song. And one of the reasons why we did that was looking back to this verse. And I think maybe that conversation helped me take this verse out of context because I never really connected this with the end of the Passover and the beginning of sort of Jesus' betrayal and his time in Gethsemane and everything else. Out of context, you just say, oh, okay, well, they they sung a hymn and then they went out to the Mount of, Mount of Olives. Okay, it was the well, end of services. It's the end of <laughs> services, right, exactly. And so, but in the context here of what's going on, this is like an emotional roller coaster for all of them. Jesus has yeah. just told them, that one of them was about to betray him in verse 18. And then he goes through the whole process of instituting the Lord's Supper here, giving them his body and his blood. And I'm sure they're just like thinking about what on earth is going on here at this, what should be a normal Passover feast. And Jesus, this whole time, obviously is leading up to this moment where he's going to be in the garden. He's going to be praying vehemently that the cup would pass from him and everything that's going through Jesus' mind right now but here, this is nestled right in the center of this extremely tough emotional moment. And what do they do? They sing together. Jesus, understanding that this is like one of their last moments to be alone, to be quiet together with his disciples before his death. This is a special moment. It's not like a throwaway activity. This is a powerful way of marking a moment for them. And uh, it's just really cool. I We talked uh, a little bit ago about how Jesus and his disciples went off to rest and kind of speculating, like, what did they do <laughs> while they were out there? And I almost just wonder, like, what did this song sound like? And what sort of were the emotions going on during this hymn? But I, I think this was a moment that Jesus was making here and sort of marking it with this really special activity that he shared with them. Yeah, it's always, like you said, like that that example we gave, it's always interesting to sort of try to go back 
to that moment oh, yeah. and l- daydream about it. You know, what what kind of voice did Jesus have? Is he a baritone? You know, what like you say, <laughs> he certainly did not sing falsetto. I, I would guess. There, no, I, I don't think so. Yeah, I think you're right. And like you said, it's you just can't overstate the weight of this moment. Right. That his burden is so heavy, he's about to sit alone with tears and sweat that's coming from bleeding sweat pores. If we un- understand that that right, I think that's a medical condition, what it talks about, sweat like blood. And I mean, that's just the, the level of his anxiety and, and his burden. And before going out, he has this this time with his disciples. It's not a big production, right. you know? It's not like, okay, you know, we're going to make in, in this into a, a show. It might not even sounded that great to the ear. <laughs> sure. You know, yeah. I mean, who knows? But what were the acoustics in the upper room? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's not the point. Like you said, it was, it was a collection of guys in an upper room singing to God. And I always think, too, about like, do tough guys sing? You know, like, like sometimes people, people seem to think they're too cool to sing. Right. And Jesus wasn't, he was as as tough. This is, this is a man who had a face like Flint and dealt with something. None of us have the strength to deal with. And then these other guys that were there with him, I mean, just went through awful things and stuck true to the Lord. Right. uh, Other, other than Judas, of course. And, and so these guys are around this Passover table. And typically they would close out the Passover by singing a psalm from what's sometimes called the Egyptian Hallel, which is Psalms 113 to 118. Like you said, we don't know what he's saying, but that was a practice, a common practice at the time. And man, if you just read one of these psalms with this moment in mind, it adds a whole other dimension to it. So I thought maybe I could read some of the last verses of this section of the book of Psalms just to illustrate this and just imagine what it might have done for Jesus to voice words like this from Psalm 118 as he sang at this moment. So it says, verse 22, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. I mean, that's one of the songs that they would (laughs) sing around the Passover. Yeah. And there's just, uh, it's just so powerful because the stakes couldn't be higher and the moment couldn't be more important. And this is where they sang together. And and Mark takes the time to remind us, as does Matthew, that this was the end of that gathering. I hope that's what they sang, because that would have been a really fitting song. And especially for <laughs> Jesus to be singing that, of course, in this difficult time, I think it's so powerful. So thinking about all of that, let's move on and maybe lighten the mood ever so slightly with our second segment. And that is the A-Team. If you have a problem that no one else can help, and if you can find them, Maybe you can hire the A-Team. I just want to have this segment so that we can play that audio clip. I mean, explosions (laughs) and Mr. T coming on here. But uh, so we're going to lead into this drafting our favorite praise songs that come from scripture. Now, obviously, I mean, we could all think of songs that are like in our songbook and hymns that we like to sing. 
but we're going to go back to songs in scripture because maybe that sort of limits the options of things that we could pick from. So you pick heads or tails and then I'll flip the coin. All right. I'm going tails. Alexa, flip a coin. Okay. Tails. All right. Sweet. Okay. I am going to start pick number one in this draft with a new song. Worthy is the Lamb. Oh, Come on. Man. It's a new song. Revelation <laughs> 5, 9 to 10. The four living creatures, the 24 elders all fallen down before the Lamb. They sing a new song. Worthy are you to take the scroll. They say, you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. That's good. It's a... That's a tough one. It's like one of the classic yeah. ones. Yeah, obviously the song that no one really knows. So that's very cool. I think that's a little unfair, by the way. But uh, maybe that leads <laughs> into mine. And I'm going to pick Mary's Magnificat. Of uh, course. That's a good one. From Luke chapter one. Uh, that's going to be a good one. I think this song that she sings, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. I mean, this is just, you know, Mary obviously understanding sort of even a glimpse of what's about to happen to her. This opportunity that she has obviously just causes her to bust out in song. And this is a really beautiful song in uh, Luke chapter one, verses 46 to 55. All right. Well, I'm going to go from one of the last songs there in Revelation 5 all the way back to the first song. Oh, no! In scripture. No! <laughs> I'm doing Moses' song in Exodus 15. <laughs> we I had mean, such a similar idea. Ah, this is good. <laughs> yep. The Lord is my strength and my song. They sing, this is my God, and I will praise him. And then check this out. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. That's praise. That's so powerful. After he has just destroyed the greatest nation on earth's fighting force as they're chasing the Israelites into the Red Sea. Really powerful song of praise that kicks off a, a Bible full of songs of praise. <laughs> That's such a good one, too. I know. I was thinking about like, man, what was the first song in the Bible? And then you start looking through and it's like... <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and, you know, that that one was cool, too, because it's not even really, I mean, it, it appears like it just wasn't Moses' song by himself, that this was with all the people, yeah. right? And they were all singing this song. So probably a great way to start out their time together as the children of Israel on the other side of, of slavery. My second pick here is going to come from the final psalm, actually, Psalm 150, it's one of my favorites because mm. of the praiseworthy nature of it. And if we're talking about drafting praiseworthy songs, I mean, you might as well sing the song that says, praise the Lord, praise God yeah. in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his excellent greatness. I mean, on and on and on. It's like, how could you praise God more than Psalm 150? It's, uh, it's pretty impressive. I love that one. It is the ultimate capstone to the book of Psalms. And <laughs> since you since you scratched the surface of Psalms, I'm gonna I'm gonna get in there with my last pick here and do my favorite psalm, uh, my favorite passage in all of scripture, which is Psalm 63. Ooh. And it's just, I mean, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you, my soul thirst for you in a dry and weary land where is no water. And that's, of course, where it says, because your steadfast love is better than life. 
my lips will praise you. I bless you as long as I live. My soul will be satisfied and will cling to you. I mean, it's, it's such a powerful song of devotion, commitment, longing for God, just to be near him, just to understand who he is and draw closer to him. And uh, like we said earlier about things resonating, that, that'll resonate. Yeah, that's a good one. I love that we both sort of followed the same rubric, although we we didn't pick the same <laughs> ones, all the same ones. But uh, I had one more. So my third pick is going to be the book of Ezra, chapter three, verse 11, where the remnant who return to rebuild the temple and lay the foundations, they basically have been in captivity for way, way too long. And they finally get to come back and see what it is that they've been pining away for this whole time. And as they begin to build the temple, they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. And then it says, all the people shouted with a great shout. And when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. These are people who had wanted to see this promised land. They want to go back home for all this time. And when they finally got to see everything, I'm sure this was just such an emotional moment for them. And they praise the Lord for his steadfast love. And in their situation, they could have been sort of upset or bitter that they had spent so much time away, maybe upset at their own people for the sins that they had committed. But here it is. It's time to praise God and thank him for his amazing love in bringing them back. It's so concise, that song, but it says almost everything. And it's, yeah. it's uh, yeah, I was thinking of one almost like it. It's like two words shorter, Asaph's hymn oh, yeah. in Second Chronicles 5.13, right before the glory of the Lord comes to the temple. It basically says the same thing. And it's, I think, the shortest song in the Bible. And it's, <laughs> it's just, he's good. His love endures. I mean, what else do you need? Yeah. It's, it, it really gets to the heart of why we praise God. And it's so amazing. Like I had picked it in sort of my backup picks here. I had Revelation 14, the new mm-hmm. song there as they're singing the redeemed from the earth, all singing together around the throne. And the next chapter is the song of Moses and of the lamb. Yes. So there's those two together in chapter 15. Yeah. The, the, the kind of calling back to Exodus 15, but also to this new song that's happening as they're redeemed, not just from Egypt, but redeemed by the lamb. It's cool, though. If you think about there, the bookends of these songs, how they fit just really nicely together, mm-hmm. you know, as this Revelation 15, Exodus 15 kind of comparison. There might be a sermon in that somewhere, maybe one of these days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, cool. So I don't know who's going to win. You pick the new song, uh, the first song in the Bible, and then Psalm 63. I had Mary's amazing song when Jesus was announced at his birth, the final Psalm in uh, Psalm 150, and then the Temple Foundation song in Ezra 3. I mean, the ju- judge's ruling on this. I almost went with the servant song, Ooh, you know, Isaiah 52, to 53. It's not exactly a praise song, but when you read it, you can't help but feel like worshiping Jesus. So that's another runner up, I guess. That would have been a good one. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know who wins, uh, but uh, I think if any of us were to be able to even sing one of these songs in their context, I think that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, someday, right? <laughs> we'll we'll sing it with the multitudes. <laughs> All right. So let's get into our third and final segment here on the episode. And that is our reach out question. Reach out, reach out and touch someone. 
That's another good song, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, so our reach out question as we kind of dig a little deeper, what's a go-to hymn that's helped you? All right, so this is kind of a broad one, right? I mean, this is going... Yeah, this is sort of moving yeah. on from our like, almost not fair. It is almost too really that too fair. hard to pick. It is for sure yeah. for me. One of the ones that we mentioned there in the conversation starter uh, was "It Is Well with My Soul," and for me, that's kind of the one that just always sticks out as a favorite of mine. Most times, it's almost impossible for me to get through like all the verses, especially when you get to that verse, "My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought." My sin, not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. It's like that that verse, you know, you were talking about becoming like a, a blubbering old man as you sing. That is yep. like one of the things that just kills me every time I sing that song. And you and half the church. Oh no, for sure, no doubt. And okay, so here's the thing. We haven't yet mentioned it, but do you notice, is it just me or like, do you know exactly where you were when you heard a specific song. Like if a song comes on and you're like, oh yeah, that reminds me of exactly that moment where I was, what I was wearing, who was with me, you know, whatever it is, like when I heard that song. Mm. And I think songs have the ability to sort of transport us back in time in a way that like smells do from time to time. Like if yeah. you smell something, you're like, oh, I remember that one time when I was if smelled that before, whatever. Like songs do that for me. And this song, It Is Well With My Soul, is one of these times where I remember singing this song very specifically at like key pivotal moments. And man, it is like each of those moments that I think about were like just the most emotional, like gut-wrenching yeah. kinds of times in my life. And thinking about it, it's like, this is a song where I get to say, things are good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is well with mm -hmm. my soul. And I know there's a whole story behind this song, which is also an amazing story to mm -hmm. even read about how this song even came about. But like, in my own life, thinking about how this has propped me up and sort of been the, I guess, uh, maybe holding up my arms in battle kind of moment, like a la Moses and Aaron, but like thinking about this song and the way that it's just like helping me stay resolved and keeping on the course and knowing it's all good. Everything's fine. Yeah. Songs also have a way of making me think about people, oh, particular yeah. people yeah. that they were dear to or that kind of thing, especially saints who have gone on to the reward. And uh, that doesn't help with the blubbering, of course. <laughs> but <laughs> No doubt. Yeah, for sure. That's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, thinking to the place you heard it, I, I'm going to go with one that I heard so long ago. It was on a cassette tape. Oh, wow. <laughs> by, Remember uh, those? Keith Lancaster and Acapella. Yeah, I was like in junior high. But it's always stuck with me and became sort of a, a mission statement for me. You know, it's just something that I go back to through good times, especially in hard times. And it's called Be Glad. And the bridge of the song goes, so be like lights on the rim of the water, giving hope in a storm sea of night. Be a refuge amidst the slaughter of these fugitives in their flight. For you are timeless and part of a puzzle. You are winsome and young as a lad. And there is no disease or no struggle that can pull you from God. Be glad. <laughs> and man, <laughs> wow, you get to, you know, and then, you know, the, the chorus talks about every debt that you ever had has been paid up in full by the grace of the Lord. Be glad, be glad, be glad. It's like, it's like what you said about you're in hard times and you say, 
it's all good. <laughs> it's well with my soul. Yeah. Everything's falling apart, but be glad. You've got a place with God. He's got a plan for you. You don't carry with you any of that stuff in the past. You are whole in Christ. I mean, it's just one of those rejoice in the Lord always type of songs. I think it's interesting too, as you think about hymns and the way that they just hit certain times and support you and help you through things. Like you don't know, sometimes for me, like I don't know what hymn is going to just like hit home at any moment. And I might've picked one here, but like there are so many times where I'll be singing a hymn. It's almost for me like studying. When you find a passage, you come across a passage and you're like in a totally different place in your life. You're dealing with a totally different set of circumstances and you read that passage again and you're like, oh man, yeah, that means something totally different to me now. And I think songs Uh are like that too. When you're singing a song, you're singing a song about Jesus and what he's done for you or about how we love each other and how we how we comfort each other in difficult times or whatever it is, like those songs can definitely hit differently depending on what we're going through. And I love I love how songs like scripture really so often can can do that for us. And it's weird that these songs, the more you know them sometimes, the more you've sung them, you would think you become numb to them, yeah. but they just dig deeper and deeper yeah. into you. And then, like you say, there's like a sneak attack where this phrase that you'd never really pulled out just <laughs> hits you yeah. in a totally different way. Yeah, it's it's a truly amazing thing. All right, so let's get into our final challenge here for this week. I am ready to face any challenges that might be foolish enough to face me. So the challenge for this week is to ask a friend to sing a meaningful song with you this week. And I think that was another thing that we pulled out from the conversation starter there was that, you know, it's cool to hear somebody sing. And while that might be you pop in your cassette tape or whatever it is and you listen to somebody sing, like what what an even cooler thing that you get to sing with somebody. And clearly some people have a talent to sing and some people don't. And I think it's also important for us to understand it's really not about the quality of our singing and that's not really what matters. But inviting a friend to sing a meaningful song with you, even if you can't carry a tune in a bucket, it is still an awesome opportunity for you to sing along with other people. It really is a unique kind of fellowship as we, as scripture says, teach and and admonish each other in these songs. We're talking to each other right. while we're harmonizing together, while we're, we're singing to this melody. And I think a happy moment becomes punctuated with praise and and gets all all the more gratitude mixed in with it. I think that it can anchor your time together in the Lord, whether it's a good moment or a hard one. I was thinking of a few ideas for this. You could ask one of your kids to sing some of their favorite hymns with you. That's always just such a fun thing to do. (laughs) Kids love to sing too. Oh, totally. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And they're they're so encouraging to just watch, get into it. Another idea, car ride singing with a friend. I think that's another great way to do it. Or if you're married, singing with your spouse, a quiet hymn before bed or in the morning. And the last one, like Jesus and those 12 guys that he liked to spend his time with. I love the idea of buddies singing together. It makes me think back to uh, about this time last year when we were up in a cabin singing together, oh, man. among other things. That was like a year ago. And, uh, <laughs> that's I so know awesome. it was last November. Yeah, and, you know that's that was one of the not surprisingly one of the highlights of the trip was just at night before bed we'd sing a few songs together, and um, it's just a good thing to to do to to create, like I said, that different kind of focus 
in your friendship or your relationship with someone? Oh, man. Just weaving songs into normal everyday moments. It doesn't even have to be like super awkward or anything. It's like if you've cultivated a, an environment in which like, okay, we're on our way out of dinner here. Let's have a song as Jesus did there in, in Mark. It's like, okay, yeah, let's punctuate this moment. Let's let's use this opportunity to sing together. It's like, this is just what we do. We're yeah. a bunch of people who love to sing. And what an amazing opportunity. We haven't even really talked about it on this episode, except for, I guess, Revelation 15, I suppose, as we were talking about it. But like, we're going to be doing this for all eternity. I mean, that's pretty awesome yeah. too. Thinking about the new song, thinking about the way that we'll sing for all eternity, I think helps us to have some perspective that we get to do this right now. And maybe that leads into our closing prayer here. In our study guide, we suggest a closing prayer. Listen to our hearts as we make melody to you. And that's in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. And I guess thinking about what we're going to do for all eternity and God listening to these songs that we sing here on earth, maybe it's helpful to think about that uh, as we go to God in prayer. Holy God, as you sit on your throne and hear our prayer today, may our hearts be laid open to you as we call on your name. Thank you for filling our hearts with music here on earth while we wait for that time that we can praise you for all eternity around your throne. What a blessing that we've been given by you to make melody together in these psalms, these hymns, and these spiritual songs. We ask that you would please listen to our hearts as we sing to you. Help us to see beyond the quality of our singing to the meaning behind the words and the deep intentions that we express. When we sing about your grace and your love and our longings for eternity, we ask that you would be pleased in those songs that we offer. Help us to lay our burdens down and our cares at your feet and our heartfelt concern and expressions of love to you. Lord, as we follow Jesus' example, remind us to mark these important moments in our lives with our chorus of praise to you. We thank you for revealing yourself to us, and we thank you for the amazing gift that you've given us in song. We ask that you would lead us to love you more and more every day, and we ask that you would bless us together through this study. In all that we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so this was our fifth guided study in the What's Good series. Next week, we're on to our sixth, which is about celebration. <laughs> yeah, it seems like these are rolling one right into another. Uh, it's almost like <laughs> yeah, we designed it yeah. this way, but I love the idea of celebration <laughs> here as this one, especially even thinking about Revelation, as we've been thinking about these songs and singing yes. praise around. It's like, that is what we're going to be doing for all eternity, so... Amazing that we get to do it now for a little bit. I remember uh, Brother Ken Leach used to talk about Christians who looked always looked like they swallowed a dill pickle. <laughs> <laughs> and just that that's not that's not what it's about to be a Christian. You know, we yeah. we have found something worth celebrating. And so as we prepare for that study and conversation, we encourage you to read a few passages to prepare for that conversation. In Luke chapter 15, verses 3 through 10, Ecclesiastes 2, 24 to 25, and Revelation 19, 1 to 21. Yeah, those are all amazing passages. And especially, I think, Luke 15. You guys re really think about the angels in heaven rejoicing. And it's not about just like partying here on earth. There's a party going on in heaven. And just to think about that and remind ourselves about the excitement that they feel, that the angels feel and the celestial beings feel when they look down and they see 
that people return and that's that's just pretty cool too yeah we we might think somehow of heaven as this like stuffy place and i don't know where we get that idea <laughs> but uh but there's <laughs> there's uh always joy in the presence of the lord that's gonna be great all right so thanks so much everyone for tuning into the bible geeks podcast you can find us on our website at biblegeeks.fm you can find show notes for this episode in your podcast player of choice or at biblegeeks.fm slash 158 you can check out all the conversation starters that we've dropped for this series. You can go to our website at biblegeeks.fm good and find the conversation starters, all the downloadable study guides there as well. And uh, we'd love for you to have these conversations with a friend, with a, a group at your church, wherever you want to use these things. We would love for you to do that. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Shalom. Shalom.